next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Now we pick up the action today in John chapter 18, right in the events that were transpiring there in the garden as Jesus was heading towards the cross. Now things are going to start to move very fast and get rather chaotic, but much of what would happen in the next hours as Jesus was going to the cross would affect many people's lives, some indefinitely, some temporarily, but certainly all dramatically. Verse 10 is where we're picking up today, and we read that Simon Peter, therefore, having a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. So here Jesus was being arrested by the mob, and Peter, in his reaction to these events, drew a sword and lashed out. Now, you got to think that this event is almost humorous. Of all the events the Apostle John chose to leave out of his account, his gospel account, he makes sure that he gets this shot in there, doesn't he? Science tells us that somewhere between 70 and 95% of all people are right-handed. So, if we go with the odds, and Peter swung with his right hand and cut off this guy's right ear... Well, that would mean that there's a 70 to 95% chance that this Malchus, some schmuck in history who was in the wrong place at the wrong time, actually got his ear cut off from behind. Now, I'm sure Peter really appreciates that John felt it necessary to pin this account, especially bearing in mind that there had already seemed to be enough goofiness on Peter's historical account, well, to last through the ages, I think. Well, Jesus did say that God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. Now, sometimes we can do such foolish things ourselves when we move to act without orders from above. Even when such actions seem like the obvious solution to us, at least on the human level. Now, apparently, that's what happens when you're sleeping instead of praying. Luke thought it important to make a record of this event also. However, he goes on to add that Jesus reached down, picked up the ear, and put it back on Malchus's head. Man. Now, you know, if that doesn't stop a man in his tracks, I don't know what would. I gotta wonder if Malchus was in church the next Sunday. Verse 11 goes on and says, Jesus therefore said to Peter, Put the sword in its sheath. The cup which the Father was given me, shall I not surely drink it? Now, let us give some closer examination to the scene before us. Here stands two of Jesus' followers, both whom ultimately would fail Jesus, both of whom denied the Son of God and his sovereignty. But the difference is that that night, before it was over, one would be weeping in repentance and the other would be out committing suicide. We all will eventually, at one time or another, find ourselves in just such a situation. That fact is not in question. However, it all comes down to what we do next. We personally can repent in sorrow, or we too can die in our own pride. It's our choice. 
In my mind's eye, I imagine Jesus standing there with his face in his hands, just shaking his head. Peter, Peter, Peter. Then he reaches down, picks up the ear, and puts it back on Malchus's head. Pastor John Corson mentions that it's a good thing that Jesus did that. Or later on that day, there might have been four crosses on that hill, one for Peter. Now, beyond the obvious blunder herein, there was a deeper issue pending. And that was that Peter still didn't get it. He still didn't understand that Jesus had to do this. And furthermore, Peter thought that Jesus, well, needed him. We can often be so misdirected in our hubris. Jesus didn't need saving, but Peter did, again. On the other hand, one has to kind of admire Peter, at least for his boldness. After all, he was ready to fight when the others, they ran away. And notice that Jesus didn't scold Peter. He explained once again, Peter, put your sword away. I need to go do this thing now. The last recorded miracle by Jesus in scripture was to heal the wound of an antagonist. One inflicted by one of his right-hand men. I think that seems fitting, doesn't it? If that doesn't encompass the whole of Jesus's three-year ministry, I don't know what would. Peter had a sword in his hand, but Jesus, well, he had a cup in his, a cup of suffering. Peter's method would fail miserably. Jesus would succeed beyond measure. So, which way will we fight the battle? If we would more often take of the cup, we would more easily lay down the sword. What's in your hand today? A sword causing pain or a cup of suffering that brings about humility and unity in the body? Verse 12 says, So the detachment, the commanding officer, and the officers of the Jews seized Jesus and bound him. And they led him to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man should perish for the people. Now, secular history records the fact that this Annas was one of the most brilliant, one of the most clever, and yet one of the most satanic of all the high priests in history. It is commonly understood that Annas had surrendered the position of high priest to his son-in-law, Caiaphas, at least partially so that he, Annas that is, would have time to devote himself fully to, well, the business, if you will, of religion within the temple. It was he who was inadvertently the target when Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers that day and those who were financially capitalizing upon religion. He no longer held the position of high priest by the time of these events, but he still no doubt held the power, which effectively made Caiaphas merely a puppet ruler. So Jesus would begin his journey now to the cross before this man Annas a man whose financial livelihood Jesus had literally threatened. Many commentators believe that it was actually Annas who was behind the whole play for Jesus, behind the arrest and the death sentence, as he was most definitely politically connected, and certainly he had a lot to lose. First, 
Jesus would be tried in a religious trial, painting him as guilty of blasphemy. Then they would take him to be tried in a civil trial in an attempt to make him guilty of insurrection and crimes against the state. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.